The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the early edge in what M Squared likes to call the most important hour of the entire week. This is our week six NFL mega preview, powered as always by the almighty sports line, the best value in all sports betting, and it's not even close. This show, as always, presented by our good friends over at Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. What we do, we go through every single game on the slate this week. We give you a few best bets to get ahead of the, the number, but also Keep track of us. Turn on those notifications. So anytime something moves or the line moves or anything, we have you covered. Now this week, Thursday night football, eight early games on Sunday, three late games, and then Monday night football. Four teams on a bye this week. The Lions, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Titans. Let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them. You love them. He is live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level. M Square. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Coach. RJ, good to see you. What a okay day. I know we have a Braves fan on the show. I enjoy watching the Braves as I'm geographically close. Uh, wild day of Major League Baseball. Been fun. Ready to talk some NFL. You're damn right. Still two more games to go tonight. So we have baseball all day and NFL every single day. Now, he is the man who runs all of our NFL stuff at Sportsline. I call him the stoic one. We love him here. RJ White, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm a magnanimous Braves fan. We we got the win last year, so I let some clear the way and let somebody else do it. Would be happy for the Phillies. My my dad's from Philly. Would be happy for Mariners fans in particular. I want them to go all the way get to the World Series. That would be amazing for that fan base. So that's what I'll be rooting for. And of course, I want my team to win. But if they don't, you know, there's still other things I can root for. A lot of good stories this week, this year. You're absolutely right. Seattle four runs in the first two innings against Houston in Game One. They're coming out not scared either. But that's baseball. We're focused here now on the NFL. And I got to tell you, the fact that we're so professional when we have another big game coming up this week. Gentlemen, how excited are we for what's coming down the pike? RJ, me and Mikey's team, your team, head-to-head this week, big boy. Are you ready? Well, I don't know if you've seen the market, but they've already decided that the Bills are way better than the Chiefs. So I guess you guys can just like pack it up now and and we're going to win. Was a pick them on the look ahead. Now it's three. So, I mean, it gets game over already. Mikey, your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting here. I'm not exactly sure. I I kind of agree with the three a little bit. I I make it two, but we'll talk about it here in a little bit, which is interesting because I I obviously love my Chiefs. I usually have them rated pretty high. Um, I'm a little concerned for the Kansas City at times here. So it's going to be fun to talk I about. Am, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. Let's start, of course, Thursday Night Football, which has potential to be the lowest-rated Thursday Night game of the entire year. 
the Commanders in Chicago to take on the Bears. Now the total 38. This one, as expected, gentlemen, right around that pick em one number, depending on where you have it at. So, RJ, let me start with you. Sometimes when you see a game like this, you say it's a dud. We see it as an opportunity. Which are you looking at this as? There is no possible way this game can be worse than the one last Thursday. <laughs> that game was one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think a pick'em line is fair. I trust the Chicago coaching a little bit more in this battle of bad teams. I think they've done more with less this year. I've, I've thought that they were the worst team just on talent, you know, in my my power ratings each week. But I've been impressed. You know, they they played two four and one teams on the road now and back to back, and they were in both of those games. Chicago's defense is atrocious on third down. You know, they were atrocious last week, twelve of fifteen converted. Now they're last in third down percentage. Washington's offense, atrocious on third down last week, one of 11 converted. They're 20th in third down percentage. I think Washington's defense is likely going to you know, carry the day in the matchup here, 10th in rush yards per game, 8th in sack rate, 5th on third down. So that's probably the strength of this team. But this could, Chicago coaching staff is kind of impressing me, and I think they might be able to do some things, score a few more points than people, people realize with a 38-point total. I think it probably goes over, and my lean would be to the Bears. Yeah, last week it was 51-29-22. If it wasn't for that fantastic defensive play by the Vikings, who knows what the Bears might have done on that last uh, drive. But Mikey, Ron Rivera, looked right into the camera when he was asked, what's the difference between the commanders and the rest of the NFC East? He says, quarterback. So when you hear that as Carson Wentz, naturally you're going to put pressure on yourself. Do you think that affects the performance this Thursday? Um, I mean, maybe a little. I think that it, it – it's not something that I would take into account too much when handicapping the game. Uh, but I think, it, yeah, it's definitely there in the back of his mind a little bit. But I think once the game actually starts, I don't think it has a massive impact on him. Uh, as far as the game and how I see it going here, I do lean towards Chicago with the home field here. Uh, I, I make the game minus one. It's not enough of an edge for me to want to go play it right away. Um, you know, there are assumptions that can be made. And if I make some of those assumptions, I could make the bears up to minus three in this game right now. I've got them at minus one though. Fields actually looked okay at times, uh, throwing passes even, uh, in that last game here. So if we see a little bit more of that going forward, which RJ kind of alluded to with the coaching staff as well, I do think that they've made the best decisions they possibly can make, uh, in terms of working with the personnel that they have. So I lean towards the bears in the game. Um, as far as the total here, I like RJ slight lean towards the over. I totally get why this thing's not sitting at 40 or 40 and a half. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me if we find a way to get to 41 in this game and go over the total of 38, everyone on the under riding that under trend on Thursday night football. Uh, these teams are decent enough and competitive enough with each other that it's not going to shock me if we get to 20 points on each side. All right. It definitely has been a trend, and it's really hard to go against trends, but at some point, you know there's going to be a spike. It's going to be a game that rose to the over, maybe on a low one like this involving the Bears. All right, let's move on to the early slate on Sunday. 49ers, a scheduling quirk, Mikey, that they had to go to Carolina, and now they have to go to Atlanta. The Falcons have been perfect against the spread this year. 49ers laying five and a half, total 44 and a half, and you like one of the teams in this game. Which one is it? Yeah, it's the 49ers here. I think they're slightly undervalued in this matchup. I make a minus seven, uh, decent value here, getting it at five and a half. You get six, you get through seven there. Uh, I, I just think they're the superior team in really every way. The defensive side of the ball, they're absolutely legit. 
And then offensively, I've been really encouraged with Jeff Wilson. They still haven't used Debo a ton in the way that I think that they can or will if a game gets ultra competitive on them. Uh, George Kittle's there. He's healthy. He looks fine. Uh, Jimmy G is what he is. He's managing games, but they get another friendly matchup with an opponent like this in Atlanta that ultimately I think their defense puts them in enough good positions to win this game and pull away. Uh, yes, of course, the backdoor cover is always a worry here. Uh, I'm not terribly worried about the team and the travel schedule, all of those things. So as long as this thing is under six, which it is right now, uh, I'm very comfortable playing it. As again, I have this number just over seven. And from what we understand, the 49ers did decide to stay for the full two weeks and not go back and forth. Probably a smart move other than staying in a, uh, a hotel for a lot of days, but it's better than the jet lag. I just did it myself. Now, Atlanta last week was the recipient, just like the Chiefs, uh, RJ, of one of the worst roughing the passer penalties maybe of all time. And they are furious about it. But you take all that out, they continue to be able to cover the spread. Why have they been able to do that? Yeah, they're frisky. They uh, they don't seem that good on defense, but they make just enough stops. They don't seem that, that good on offense, but they have just enough playmakers to cover. I mean, they really shouldn't have covered last week. I was on the Tampa Bay side. I couldn't believe we didn't get the cover there, considering how they dominated that game over the first three quarters. But now they're 5-0 and against the spread. Um, I'm still not that high on them, but this is a tough spot for San Francisco. They're not doing the travel back and forth, but you still have to stay out east, unfamiliar surroundings, and you're coming off an easy win. So they're out there, you know, in Greenbrier, um, you know, just feeling good about themselves, thinking that they're super Super Bowl contenders, and I think they probably are, but um, they're going to run into a frisky team here. San Francisco's defense first in rush yards per pass and first in sack rate, so you know it's going to be tough for Atlanta to score anything really with with their personnel they have now. But the key thing for San Francisco is is not the travel; it's they face Kansas City next week, so this could be a look ahead spot. We expect to beat Atlanta, finish our finish our two game road trip here, and then come back, and now we got to face the Chiefs. So maybe they're not as focused in this game. Power rankings: I'm on the Mikey side, say go San Francisco, but I hate the spot, so it's a stay away for me. It's very similar when a really powerful soccer team rests a player like today, Man City, when they are always looking ahead. Those things are real. Sometimes you want to get in, get the W, and get out and look forward to your really big game the next week. Great insight there. All right, moving on to game number two of the early games on Sunday. Now, I know we teased Mr. Zappi last week, but the Patriots laid it on the Lions. I mean, laid it on the Lions. And, Mikey, I'm coming back to you because you have a pick in this game as well. The Browns? Scored a lot of points. Bad interception late by Jacoby Brissett, or they would have had a chance to kick a go-ahead field goal. Browns are laying three, total 42.5. This is a weird one for me. Mikey, what do you think? Yeah, I like the Browns here on the home field. I, I, look, the Patriots had a nice performance against the Lions. I, I don't think the Lions are any good personally. I definitely don't like the Lions when they're not playing indoors in a controlled environment at home. Uh, it's just a matter of fact here. I make the Browns minus four, and I think there's obvious concerns on the New England side still. Uh, they, they, Like I said, they put up that big result against a really bad team, in my opinion. Uh, and I like the weapons that the Browns have. Um, it, it should be another healthy dose of Nick Chubb. You've got Kareem Hunt. You've got Amari Cooper here. I personally still think Brissett is good enough to manage this game. Uh, so I like the game quite a bit here. Ultimately, though, I'm taking it on the money line here with the Browns. You can find this under minus 150 still. I think this should be closer to minus 168 to minus 170. Uh, it's a little bit of an edge here on the money line, but ultimately I think they end up winning this football game on the field. I am a big fan of laying the juice and just trying to win the football game when it's a game like this. Now, RJ, when you look at the Patriots, 
And Mikey said it. Maybe the Lions are not that good, but he looks comfortable. He looks confident, and they're not asking him to do too much. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I had this completely wrong last week with the, the Patriots and Lions. I thought the market shouldn't be giving, you know, laying three with the Patriots with a third string quarterback, but they were right. The Lions are are bad and the, and the market liked the Lions before that. You know, they were, I think, six or five point favorites the week before that. So complete turnaround there. So it's like, OK, now we trust the Patriots with a third string quarterback. And so this line now looks weird to me. Why wouldn't they be getting more respect here when Mac Jones might even be back in this game? Cleveland, I've I've said that Brissett has actually been impressed me throughout the the uh, season. You know he's had his good spots, but he just keeps finding ways to lose and throwing bad interceptions. Cleveland's led after third quarter in all five games, and and they are not getting wins in a lot of those games. Cleveland's D struggles against the run. We know Patriots are going to come in and run the ball. Um, the the Cleveland couldn't stop the uh, Chargers rush offense that had been awful up until that game. I think the New England offense is going to get to lean on the run again here, keep the pressure off the pass game, whoever the quarterback is, and then that defense can go get after Jacoby Brissett, who who seems to wilt in these big spots. So my lean would be to the Patriots plus three, but it's not a play right now. Think about that for a second. Think about the fact that they have led that late every single game this year. That means they've got a pretty good game plan. They're just not delivering when they need to deliver, be creative, maybe a first half bet. Who knows? But of course, we'll have a full breakdown of this Sunday on our noon show here on Early Edge Live. All right, moving on to the next game. I'm coming right back to you, RJ. Now, there's been a surprise team. As far as winning football games, not bets, but football games, and they're cashing bets too because we cashed them plus three and a half last week. The Jets are going on the road. Green Bay, Packers minus seven. Now, the Packers could not hold a big lead on Sunday in London. Aaron Rodgers said it's going to be a long plane ride home, and I'm sure that it was. But now, total 46, RJ, are the Jets for real? I think people are going to be all over the Jets here, but the offense actually didn't play as well as the 40 to 17 score suggests. Aside from Brees Hall's big catch, they had just 4.4 yards per play. Uh, Wilson had 131 pass yards when you take that play out. Um, but, you know, if Green Bay is just bad now, maybe it doesn't matter because Green Bay hasn't played well the last few weeks. I still kind of trust them at home. Power ratings wise, I think this line should be nine. And that might be just me giving too much respect to Green Bay still. But uh, the Jets defense struggles on third down. They're 28th where the Green Bay ranks eighth. So I think they can put drives together, put some extended drives together, get in a rhythm. And, and um, Rodgers can have a, a good game here. My lean would be to Green Bay minus seven. But I think we might get the value of six and a half at some point because I think people are going to want to be on the Jets here. I think you're absolutely right. Mikey, what do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with RJ on it. I make this game eight and a half for the Packers. I think it'll be an okay teaser leg if you want to try and tease something this week as well. Oh, I do think they'll get the win. Obviously, that did not work out last week in London, but I, I do like the spot. I think the Jets are overvalued here. I'm hoping we see a six and a half out there. The thing you have to keep in mind with the Jets, while they did beat the Dolphins last week, they beat Skylar Thompson at quarterback who had no idea that he was even going to play in that football game when Teddy Bridgewater was knocked out of the game on the first snap that he took. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a spot that you kind of have to throw that out when you consider that. And then the improbable win over the Browns, uh, it's hard to not think that this team is inflated uh, in the betting market here, especially down week uh, on the Green Bay side. So Again, I make it eight and a half. I think it's a fine teaser leg. I'm holding it out for now. Uh, I would probably lay the full seven if you see a six and a half at some point. It's going to be very interesting to see which side uh, the market wants to back over the next 48 hours. Let me tell you guys this at home watching right now. If there is one thing I've learned from my guys working with them now for a couple of years, it's that you cannot always look at a result and say, oh, because this is going to happen now. Just like Mikey said, a quarterback goes out first series, second series. That's not 
if you just look at the score, that you can, you don't know that. So don't always carry over from one week to the next. It's great advice from both of my guys. All right, now this next game, I'm quite sure, as Mikey likes to say, I won't spend one minute watching this game. Jacks, Colts, Indianapolis, laying two, total at 42. So far as a brand, we have don't have any play on this game. Mikey, what do we do with this game? Uh, you skip it for the most part, unless you're a Titans fan, I guess. You're really interested in uh, the, the AFC South here. But uh, for me, it'd be home team or nothing. I, I've been relatively impressed with the Jaguars' defense at times. And on, on the Indianapolis side, uh, I mean, what a statement so far from Matt Ryan uh, and that team in general. I still believe that they're not as bad as the product that they put out on the football field. So if you forced me to play it, I would take them. Uh, it would probably be a situation where I'd play them on the money line here at home. Uh, I don't think Jacksonville's quite good enough offensively to get the job done in this one. But I, again, I think their defense has shown pretty strong signals at times uh, so far this season. So total stay away for me. But if you made me play it, I'd take the Colts on the money line. RG, is it a stay away for you as well? It might be. I mean, Jacksonville's crashed back to earth um, is what it seems after that ugly game. But six straight drives of theirs in that game had 50 plus yards and they just got six points from it and two field goals. That seems pretty unlucky to me. So I dug into it. Only once in the last eight years has a team had 5.7 yards per player better, which they did. And six points or less in the game. That was a, in 2018. Tampa Bay had that. Uh, Tampa Bay had four turnovers in that game, and they lost that game. You know, whatever. I think they scored three points in that game. Then they went on to score almost 30 points per game in their next three. That wasn't. It's not an issue that carried over for them. The fact that they were able to get a lot of yards per play showed that they actually had a solid offense. This Jacksonville team knows they can beat Indy. They just went and beat Indy a few weeks ago, and and Indy hasn't improved since that week two shutout. Matt Ryan looks even more and more lost. And so you kind of favor teams at home coming off this mini buy on Thursday, but the offense for Indy looks like such a mess. I'm not sure the mini buy is going to help. The market has been a little bit behind Indy. It was a little bit lower, um, one or one and a half. It's now up to two. Uh, if it gets a, any any higher, I might want to take Jacksonville. Jacksonville would be a teaser team I'm looking to play because I don't believe in this Indy offense, but I don't really had didn't really have anything I wanted to tease it with at this point based on where the lines were um, for a few of my other picks. So I just lean Jacksonville at this point. It would be really hard to imagine a scenario that in a teaser leg, Jacksonville would lose by eight or even nine points. So I love uh, that thought process to bet this game. Now, this next game is going to be very, very interesting because the NFL almost feels like 17 different seasons, right? Because two weeks ago, the Dolphins were the toast of the town. The Dolphins had it all. And now it's controversy. Your first two quarterbacks are out. What do you do moving forward? And then you got a Vikings team that hasn't looked great, but now look at their record right at the top of the NFC North. They're on the road laying three, total of 45 and a half. RJ, what do you look at when you see this game? Well, I look at this line, and it makes me think that Skylar Thompson's going to play with the Vikings favorite in, in Miami. Miami has a very good home field advantage. Um, but when you look at the reports on that game, Teddy Bridgewater getting held out in the concussion protocol seemed like an overabundance of caution. I'm glad they they were cautious. You know, I, I want players to make sure that they're healthy, so I get it. But it seems to me a situation where he's going to get cleared at this point. It doesn't seem like he's, he's you know, exhibiting signs, uh, worrying signs, and he's going to stay in the protocol. So I expect him to play. And if he plays, I think the Dolphins probably need to be favored in this game. Um, Minnesota won three straight, but they're all been by the skin of their teeth. Two of them were at home to Detroit, which we said earlier, probably not a good team. Chicago, we know one of their one of the worst teams. And then New Orleans and London down their top quarterback, top running back, top receiver. I still don't know how good the Vikings are, despite their record, especially when Cousins isn't going to elevate the ceiling of the team ever. You know, he, he is what he is at this point. 
Both these defenses are bottom four in pass yards per play. Um, so the fact that Miami's probably going to have a pretty good quarterback in this game and not Skylar Thompson, I think there's probably a ton of points. I'd look to the over, and I'm I'm going to play Miami. I just hopefully we can stay ahead of the news that Teddy plays and we can get a good number here. There's no question about that. And, Mikey, getting that good number on the side, very, very important, the over two. But then when you look at it, when I look at the Vikings team, when Justin Jefferson goes off, and it's been a lot of first half going off, the Vikings usually have a pretty good result. I know that's a duh, coach. I know. But that's really how it has been. So they're clearly going to look at him to get started and get started fast again. And they're definitely going to throw him the football. Uh, the thing we need to check on this, too, is watch the weather a little bit. Again, RJ kind of alluded to it. They do have a decent home field advantage with everything there, playing in the heat and other things, too. This time of year, it's still incredibly warm. Uh, and South Florida is definitely something different that Minnesota will have to deal with. Uh, as far as the line on the game at three, I do tend to agree with RJ that the, there's some confusion priced in there. If if we get Teddy Bridgewater truly ruled in, uh, I would expect that number to be one and a half at, at, at best, potentially all the way to pick him. Uh, I, I think it's really, truly hedged in the middle right now just because he hasn't truly been ruled in. Uh, so I do expect some market movement on that one. If you like the Dolphins at all, Personally, I would consider grabbing him now because I am in the camp that thinks that Bridgewater ultimately will play in this football game. Um, people asking about teasing it. I think it's okay uh, if you want to tease it now, get it to nine. The issue is, is if, if you're wrong about it and Skylar Thompson's a quarterback, there are definitely scenarios where they lose this game by two touchdowns. They fall behind early. Tyreek Hill, he's going to be questionable for the next two or three weeks probably. He's going to play in all the games. But he does this a lot in games that aren't going well when they fall behind. Uh, the quad injury or the foot injury kind of flares up a little bit, and you see him take a series or two off, things like that. So I think this game has the potential to get out of hand if it's a Skylar Thompson game, uh, which is why I'm not electing to tease it now. But like RJ said, pay attention. Try to be on the market as quickly as you can because it is a great number if Teddy Bridgewater is quarterback. All right, keep your eyes on this one. Follow my guys on social media. They're always putting out information regardless of the day. All right, three more games at 1 o'clock on Sunday. This next one, very, very interesting, because the Bengals really let one slip away in Baltimore, losing 19-17 to the Ravens. The Saints have been kind of a, a misfit bunch, but maybe they found a quarterback finally. Total 43-and-a-half. Mikey go. Yeah, this one is uh, really interesting. Let's talk about Taysom Hill, right? Can anyone contain Taysom Hill? Is he going to have four touchdowns here uh, in this game? And then as far as Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, uh, the real question I have is T. Higgins. He suited up as active in the last game, was not able to play, had a massive impact on them offensively. Um, personally, I think the market's mostly right on this game. I have a slight preference for the over only because I do think that Burrow and company, if Higgins is actually active and playing, uh, I think they got enough weapons for some big playability. I like the weapons on the other side. I was incredibly encouraged with Alvin Kamara and how active he was in the passing game as well. Uh, almost had 100 yards rushing and passing in that last game. Yes, they were playing Seattle. They've been a massive over team all season, but I was fascinated to see Kamara uh, really shine in that game and obviously look healthy. So if he's healthy and T Higgins is healthy, this number here sitting at 43 and a half, I like the over on this one. I think it should be 45, 45 and a half. So that would be my preference. Uh, again, no official plays on the game. My preference would be leaning over on the total here. 
I like that advice a lot because, RJ, when you put up 39 points, I don't care who you're playing against. That's getting work done. And Mikey just did a great job of laying out why they were able to get the job done. Now you got a Bengals team coming in, and they are desperate. They're thinking that they're still a Super Bowl team, and they want to get back there. But right now, they're certainly not playing like even a playoff team, are they? Not really. I mean, they've had some tough matchups. I think they have a solid defense. New Orleans can't count on Taysom Palooza every week. You know, that ha- that'll happen when you're playing one of the worst defenses in the league. But, uh, you know, you can't count on it here. Um, since these offense, 31st in yards per play overall, might be what New Orleans defense needs to rebound. I know that total was way too low in that New Orleans game last week. I think people were expecting that was finally going to be the, the 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 matchup that they could get a get a good game in their belts. This might be it for me. They're second on third downs and second in the red zone. They just couldn't stop explosive plays from Seattle. But since these offense, for whatever reason, looks uninterested in explosive plays, Chase is down to 10.7 yards per reception. He was at 18 yards per reception last year. Um, I just boggles my mind when you have a guy that talented, he can't get more than that. And yards per reception um so it just seems like since is trying to put these long drives together and that plays into new orleans's hand um so i would kind of look to the saints i think it's a solid teaser team to tease it up to plus seven and a half um i'm a little bit opposite of mikey it's going to depend on the health like you said of those key players but i'm looking to the under because i think new orleans defense is going to have a pretty good game here okay very good a lot of good information again you may hear information that doesn't always match up, but take it for what you think and use it for whatever. But you may have a bet that we don't even know about. So use the information and take it and then use it. That's what this business is truly all about. My guys give the best information. All right, two more games at 1 o'clock, guys. Ravens minus 5.5 on the road at the suddenly fan favorite New York Giants in the shadows of New York City. This game's going to be played total 45. Now, afternoon game in this stadium Sometimes it's going to be kind of, oh, to get the energy going. Not anymore. And Mikey, when you look at these Giants and the way Daniel Jones is playing quarterback, four and one, Cowboys, Eagles, are they the best team in this division? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not ready to say they're the best team in the division. Uh, I think that they've had good results so far. They had a heck of a comeback against Green Bay in London. Uh, Definitely a game they should not have won. Saquon Barkley, though, what can you say? He's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I don't love the number on this game. Uh, I I think that it should probably be five, four and a half to five. I understand where it is. Uh, I understand why it is where it is at this point, Uh, but I'm not super interested here. Um, I lean, if anything, towards the under in this game. Uh, I think both teams are still going to want to run the football a little bit run and milk some of that clock and really focus on possession, especially on the Giants side with the weapons that they have available to them right now. Uh, So my lean in this game is under 45. Um, I think there's a slight bit of value on the Giants at five and a half right now, uh, but still not a team I'm overly excited to back because I do believe they're inflated here in the market. Five and a half is always kind of a yucky number, RJ, but also with the Giants, we've been able to cash a lot of tickets on Saquon Barkley. He's finally healthy and showing exactly why he's arguably the best running back in the NFL when he is healthy. And then Daniel Jones would be cashing a lot of his rushing totals because he's been using his legs. So there's a lot of different things to look at here, not just the side. 
And it all comes down to great coaching. This team is very well coached, and and everybody in the locker room believes in this. I kind of look back to, um, you know, Giants fans have been very pessimistic on their team for a while. I look back to how I was with the Bills before they got back to the playoffs. Long playoff drought. Everybody knows it was, what, you know, 17 years, 18 years, 20 years, whatever it was. And the first year they got back to the playoffs, they were Pythagorean wins, uh, you know, when you project their points toward and points against. They're supposed to be a a six-and-a-half win team. They somehow win 10 games and get to the playoffs because they're maximizing what they do week in and week out because they have great coaches that's what this Giants team feels like to me they're, the stats aren't going to be good they're not going to you know you're not going to want to back them that's not going to make sense but the coaches are going to put them in spots to win every week despite their injuries they were injured in that game they were down to like fifth cornerbacks you know and they were still finding ways to stop Aaron Rodgers and win that game Daniel Jones starting to look comfortable running this offense I think upside is there with him he's not going to be Josh Allen in the day ball offense but the upside is there for him to be a pretty solid quarterback Baltimore cutting coming off their gutty win might be in a letdown spot here that Baltimore offense Offense is tough to solve with Lamar at quarterback, but if anybody's going to do it, it's got to be Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, who saw plenty of him in Baltimore. Um, so this feels like to me it could be like a 24-20 type of game either way. Either team could win. I think there's a lot of value catching the five here, so my lean is to the Giants. Very, very good. Of course, that's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, so keep in mind there. One more 1 o'clock game, and this one's interesting. You've got a 45-year-old quarterback on one side. You've got a rookie who was really introduced as his – Coach said that he would be, and it was not an easy day for Mr. Kenny Pickett, but it never is when you're talking about the Buffalo Bills, and they came out ready to play. When they're ready to play, they're the best team in football. They just are. So, Steelers at home, Bucks coming in. This is not a matchup you see very often, ever. They're laying eight, total 43.5. RJ, the way the Bucks have been playing, last week up 21, you can't cover uh, that spread against uh, Atlanta. Should we be careful laying this big of a number despite the fact that the Steelers are rolling out their their rookie quarterback once again we see this as a matchup we're not used to seeing the matchup we are used to seeing is Tom Brady against Mike Tomlin's defense and he's seen them plenty and he, he has decimated them over the years they've had a couple good spots against him but he typically owns that matchup um, Pittsburgh coming off a beatdown, but I think Kenny Pickett looked like an upgrade over Trubisky. Um, Tampa's offense hasn't been anywhere near that Buffalo level. So I think the Pittsburgh defense has a chance to rebound here. Um, if, if Brady can't, you know, get on all cylinders with, with these receivers, because it has seemed like, I thought they were going to score 40 in that game last week. I don't know why, how, you know, why the score was so low and they stopped kind of trying. Um, Tampa's offense now 20th in yards per play, 32nd in rush yards per play. Um, Tampa Bay 2-0 and against the spread in two road games to open the year, 0-3 against the spread at home the last three weeks. A weird thing for them where they're not playing as well at home as they did on the road earlier in the year. Um, so this line feels a little high to me after that whole home day. Being Steelers at home, Kenny Pickett's first start at home um, might have a little something here. So I would probably make it seven, maybe six and a half. There might be a little bit of value on the Pittsburgh side, but don't feel a lot of con confidence playing it knowing what Brady has done to Tomlin's defenses in the past. That's a great point. With that being said, Mikey, we know that whenever we see a teaser leg that just is blinking like a big red light, we go, wait a sec. And you'd think two touchdowns would be plenty. We've seen in the past, we get clocked sometimes on these. Would you use the Steelers in a teaser leg? No, I would not tease the Steelers personally. It would be on the Bucks side, bringing it down to minus two, uh, get okay. the win under a field goal there. Field goal win gets you the win on the teaser leg. Uh, however, I'm not interested in either side on teasing it. Uh, I think the number's a little high. Uh, you know, it's rookie quarterback, still very young uh, in terms of number of starts here for him because he didn't start the season. Uh, I think the number should be seven. It's inflated. You got a lot of respect for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. You are disrespecting the other side. Um, 
not a game that I want to touch there. My only lean here would be, especially if you like the Steelers side, uh, would be to the under. It's at 43 and a half in the market. This is one that I personally would leave at 41 and a half, 42. Um, I get why it's where it is. Tom Brady and the offense can definitely put up points. He's had a lot of success against Tom on defenses in the past, as RJ mentioned. Uh, but ultimately, it, it looks a lot like the game Tampa Bay just played last week. Um, let a team hang around. Let them have that backdoor cover, potentially. Uh, not a game I want to play. If you made me play it, I'd play the under. All right. Very, very good. Sometimes you say, we got to bet Tom Brady. We got to bet the Bucks. You don't have to bet every single game. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Those are the eight early games. Now, three games at 4 o'clock. Once again, the NFL doing us no favors. Now, the Rams last week, for many of us guys, the Cowboys were a best bet, and they looked every bit the part. Cooper Rush, game manager, remains undefeated. Their defense looked fantastic, and I think the Cowboys are as good as they've been in many, many years. The Rams are not, and somehow they have a matchup with the Panthers traveling all the way out to SoFi, about an hour from where I'm sitting right now, and they're laying a full 10-and-a-half new coach for the Panthers. Their quarterback hurt his ankle. They're a mess. Everybody's talking about trading Christian McCaffrey. The team's saying they're not. It's a mess, but is this number too high? The total's at 41. Mikey, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I think the number's too high. The question is, is do I care enough to bet it uh, and want to get involved in something like that? So that that's the real question here. There's so much unknown still on the Panther side, but the fact is this Rams team is not as good as they have been in the past. They're really not close. Uh, in fact, they're, they're a five to six win football team if you remove Cooper Cup. He, he's the best player on the field most times that he steps on a football field. He's really helped that team out a lot, bailed Stafford out of a lot of situations here. Um, look, I think this number should be eight, eight and a half, nine at most, certainly not 10 and a half. The issue for it for me is you got the Panthers on the road here. Uh, unknown quarterback situation, really. You, you've got, I shouldn't say unknown. We've seen a little sample size here, and it's not great. Uh, coaching staff, unknown. No idea whether Christian McCaffrey is going to get shipped out of town or not really personally. Uh, definitely a lot of chatter in the locker room as well. So not a situation that I'm overly excited to get on. If you made me play it, I probably would plug my nose and take the 10 and a half with the Panthers here. Because, um, again, I don't think this Rams team is very good, but I'm not touching this one personally. RG, I hate it when there's only three games at 4 o'clock and one of them is a game like this that you basically can't bet anything on. I mean, maybe force, like Mikey said, if you force me to, but it almost feels like we can't do anything with this number. What say you? You can do plenty with this number. You can bet the Panthers. I, I took the Panthers uh, plus 11 on the site. Okay. Uh, you know, the Rams haven't scored 11 in either of their last two games. Now they're minus 10 and a half. Like, you, you, you know, you can't cover 11 if you can't score 11. The Rams offense is 32nd in yards per play, even with Cooper Cup. They have not been better than the Carolina offense that just got their coaches fired. And this Dallas Dallas beat the Rams by 12, which has 76 net pass yards. And so you think P.J. Walker can't throw the ball for 76 yards? I mean, Carolina can run the ball and play defense and keep the Rams scoring down the way the Rams have been playing and, and compete and maybe even win this game. You want to play the money line in this game. I don't have a problem with that either. You, you don't know what you saw, but you don't know what you're getting with the coach. You don't know what you're getting with the quarterback. Matt Rule was a bad coach. And teams often get a positive bounce after firing bad coaches. They fired not just him. They fired the defensive coordinator. They fired the special teams coordinator. Not a lot was going right there. Can only go up from here. It can't get any worse. And then you look at the quarterback. 
PJ Walker can't possibly be a downgrade from Baker Mayfield. I've watched Baker Mayfield play, just throwing the ball into the line, getting it knocked down over and over and over again. There's no way PJ Walker's worse than that. He has some mobility. He can break the pocket. He can, he can get open up throwing lanes and get the ball downfield. So you look at this Panthers team, it can't possibly be, be worse than it. it's been the last you know four or five weeks. And um, this number is so inflated because the Rams look very bad. And even with the Rams at a plus one in my power ratings, which I think is too high, I just don't move them down as aggressively, even though they look worse. You know, I'm just not going to move a team two, three, four points in one week. Um, even with that plus one rating, I still make this line eight, just like Mikey. So I think there's a lot of value with the Panthers here. That's where I would look. I think they finally got exposed last week talking about the Rams when you have no speed. And we talked about it earlier in life, didn't we, Mikey, where when you don't have somebody that can take the top off, well, now you can bring everybody up and now look what happens to their offense. They don't have anything. And as you said, without Cooper Cup, they wouldn't have anybody to throw it to. It's hard to watch this team, but maybe the Panthers is the play. I'll hop on it today. I want to get that double digit number. I really, really do. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, game number two at 4 o'clock, 4.05, total 51, Cardinals laying three at Seattle. Now, there's been a – I'll give him credit because I've been very, very critical, RJ, of Kyler Murray. But on the road, laying three, is this a direct result because of how he played against the Panthers and the two good quarters in the other two wins they had to really have those spectacular finishes. The market is saying Arizona is not only better than Seattle here, but much better. Well, the Seattle offense ranks second in yards per play behind Buffalo, first in rush yards per play, third in pass yards per play. They're getting it done no, you know, any way you cut it on offense. Their, their defense is terrible, 32nd in yards per play, but it's not like Arizona has a shutdown unit there either at 22nd. So I think the Seattle offense will still be able to do whatever it wants to do, even without Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker getting all the runs there, throwing it to those two great receivers. Um, Arizona played 5-0 and fairly close, and I think that's what's contributing to this numbers. That was a close game. It could have went either way. Um, but it didn't go either way because Arizona, again, makes mental mistakes when the game's on the line. They're not well coached, um, don't have faith in, in them. And Kyler Murray, very talented guy. He made a bad decision at the end of the game there, um, but that happens with him. Um, that was a bad spot in that game for Philly on the road. They had Dallas next. They're going on the road out west. Um, that's the type of thing, if you're a good team, you beat the five, the 4-0 no Philly um, in that game, and you get the upset win there, and Philly has to go back and then prepare for the, the Dallas game. Arizona couldn't get that win. That tells me that they're, they're not a good team. 
team. They're a mediocre team. I think Seattle might be a better team than Arizona, which is not what this line is saying. I think we might be getting the team with the better quarterback here with Geno Smith versus Kyler Murray, not based on talent, just based on decisions they make, you know, how, how they're playing right now. Smith has looked better than basically anyone right now, definitely better than Murray. The, I think we're getting the better coaching staff. We're definitely getting the team that's at home. So why are we catching three points here? I have Seattle's the best bet at plus three. I joked a lot last week about the Cliff Kingsbury look when he can't figure out why his play didn't work. And we got it. We got it all the way at the end. He was like, why didn't that didn't work? Now, Mikey, let me ask you this. Since the Cardinals played the Eagles, which a lot of people think are the best team in the NFC to a three-point game, is that why? And I am so tired of the narrative, like the Cooper uh, Rush narrative, that because he doesn't make $40 million, he shouldn't stay in at quarterback. Well, this same thing with Geno, with all these different quarterbacks that make all this money. No, play the best quarterback. And right now, RJ might be right. It might be Geno. What do you think of this game? Yeah, Geno's been fantastic, uh, honestly. And, and you look at this line, too, and like RJ said, Seattle's still a place that has a pretty significant home field advantage in the NFL, uh, just for a lot of reasons. The overall actual stadium, the travel that's involved to get there. Uh, even from Arizona, it is not a short travel situation for him, despite being in the same time zone. Uh, look, this line, I had to check and make sure DeAndre Hopkins wasn't back already. He, he's back next week, not this week. And even at that point, he's worth one and a half to two points maximum. Uh, I do think he would open things up for the Arizona offense. But what I think is going on here a little bit. Uh, I think it's Seattle and watching, you know, their results with the Lions game and then the Saints game playing these to the over that uh, they have allowed a ton of yards. Kyler Murray finally started running a little bit in that last game against Philly. I think that we see a little bit more of that as it becomes more desperation time here for Arizona to get this win. So I get why the number is here a little bit. Uh, I think it should be a pick em game personally. So if you asked me to play it, it would definitely be on the Seattle side. However, I'm actually interested in the total. Despite the number being 51, uh, I have this thing coming in at 54 because I really think that we're going to continue to see overs from the Seattle team. Uh, the way that they're playing with the efficiency there, they've got big plays waiting to happen with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett who Geno Smith has been able to find them and get them the football. On the other side, again, I expect a heroic kind of effort from Kyler Murray. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean they'll win the game. He'll probably put up good fantasy numbers, things like that. Uh, but ultimately, I think we see a lot of yards, a lot of points. So I am on the over here. I have not an official play yet, uh, hoping it ticks down um, another half point potentially. But that's going to be my lean and certainly what I'll be looking for when live betting this game. I really thought at the, by this point of the year, we'd have the resident DK Metcalf is unhappy report, and that's nowhere to be seen. He's a happy camper up there in Seattle right now, a very happy camper. Now, three more games, and they are big time, and I mean big time. 425, the only 425 game this week, and that's the way it should be. Bills laying three in Kansas City, in Arrowhead. Total 54. RJ, I had to look at my rundown twice when I saw your best bet for this game. Are you truly on the Chiefs? I am truly on the Chiefs. This line oh. was a this line was a pick'em on the look ahead. And then Buffalo went out and shocked the world by blowing out Pittsburgh. And that moved the line two points. You know, I guess <laughs> nobody expected the Bills to blow out Pittsburgh. And then Kansas City barely pulled out a win against the Raiders. Now it's up to three. And, you know, we saw the officiating in that game was terrible. But Kansas City got it done when it mattered and won that game. 
Um, if Kansas City isn't struck by bad luck at Indy in that game um, where they statistically dominated that game and just had all those bad, you know, bad luck things happen. I think people would put them in the top tier, which is where I have them with the Bills. Um, even adjusting my ratings, I had them tied last week. I put the Bills up a half a point. I put the Chiefs down a point, which is where I had them before last week. That's a point and a half gap. The Chiefs get two points for home field at least, so why aren't the Chiefs favored in this game? Um, so at home, I don't think Kansas City can be catching points against anyone, uh, not even the Bills, unless the Bills are the 07 Patriots, like I keep saying. Um, and they have not looked like the 07 Patriots. They've had games where they dominate. They dominated the Titans, may, may or may not be a good team. They dominated the Rams, don't look like a good team. They dominated the Steelers. We know they're not a good team. They did not dominate the Dolphins. They did not dominate the Ravens, two good teams that I think the Chiefs are probably better than both. So I just don't get this line. I think the Chiefs, it should be pick them. I have the Chiefs actually half point a favorite in my line, but pick them I'm fine with. At, at three, it just seems like a free roll to get plus three here. That's the thing. And Mikey, when you look at the Chiefs and how they have performed this year, when they're really locked in, they play like the best team in football when they're maybe not completely locked in Indianapolis happens last night the Raiders happen you're down 17 nothing come back and win the game but it never should have been that way they're gonna be focused this week big time I think they come out ready to play do you I think both teams do uh look I mean it's maybe an unfair statement but this is the Super Bowl for Josh Allen until he can get there this is the Super Bowl for him and he's gonna treat it like that and that's what actually has me pretty worried in this game. Uh, you know, we can look at the math. We can look at everything I want to here. I make the game bills minus one on the road here. Um, it, you know, up to minus three. Yes, there's going to be value. You should probably be taking the home team with the field goal while you're still getting it at plus three. I think it probably closes around two, two and a half personally. Um, so I would take it now if you like Kansas City. My issues with Kansas City is Devontae Adams absolutely torched them last night. You could say he only had four catches, whatever he ended up having. Two deep balls, but he also drew three penalty flags that were massive. Um, Stefan Diggs is going to do mostly the same thing here, but the Bills also have additional weapons that can hit them deep. My concern is that the Chiefs, I don't think they can get off the field on third down enough against this team, uh, especially with Josh Allen highly motivated in this game. I expect him to have a big day scrambling, running, extending drives. Um as much as I want to back my Chiefs here, I'm not going to do it now. It'll be one I'm certainly watching in-game. Uh, like RJ, I do think it's probably somewhat of a free roll, despite what the computer says, in terms of taking the three points with the home team in what is likely a, a final possession football game. Uh, the only thing that RJ said that really like sticks out in my mind that makes a ton of sense, they did not run away from Baltimore at all. Uh, they, they really struggled in that game with Baltimore. Uh, that is the one red flag on the Bills side. But ultimately, I think this is Josh Allen's Super Bowl, and uh, I've got no play on the game pregame for now. All right. We'll keep a look on this live. And, of course, we'll be breaking down this entire game at noon Eastern on Sunday as we get ready for all the early games and the late games. All right. Two more games to get to. Then we're getting the hell out of Dodge. The Sunday night game is the game of the week. It's the way it should be. Now, when the schedule maker made this, they made this, guys, because it was an NFC East Classic Showdown. They had no idea that it was going to be the 5-0 Philadelphia Eagles against the 4-1 Dallas Cowboys. Eagles laying five, just like last week the Rams did. Total 42, this game in Philadelphia. Mikey, let's start the conversation with you. 
Uh, this one's tough. Um, look, the Eagles, they, they didn't cover last week. I, I liked Arizona a lot, talked about them a lot, made a lot of sense why the Eagles weren't going to cover that game. Uh, this is a game they care about. This is the most important game here. Cooper Rush has been fantastic. Uh, a little concerning the passing effort, which, again, they didn't need it necessarily against the Rams. So it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, my concern here, though, is can he do enough and score enough to keep up with this Eagles team? Uh, I think the number is mostly fair at five. Uh, I, I make it six, but I totally understand primetime division game, why it's sitting where it is. I could also make the argument that you could make this number up over seven if you want to really continue to assume that the Eagles are one of the best teams here in the National Football League. Uh, it really comes down to, you know, key injuries on the defensive side also for uh, for for Dallas and whether or not they're going to be ready to go in this game. So I lean towards the Eagles in the game, but it's not strong enough for me to play it. Fair enough. Now, RJ, a lot was made last week before the Rams game that if Cooper Rush didn't play well and Dak Prescott talked Jerry Jones and the entire coaching staff into letting him play this week, that that was going to be the decision. And everybody I ask, and everybody, no, no, Dak's got to come back. Well, that talk has subsided. It will be Cooper Rush this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that a good thing or not a good thing as far as Dak is concerned? Depends on his health. If he's not healthy enough to play, he shouldn't play. If he is healthy enough to play, he should play. Cooper Rush has been winning games, but Cooper Rush isn't winning games. The Dallas defense is carrying the team. The offense was basically one big Pollard run last week, and that's all they did offensively. This Dallas defense has eviscerated some bad offensive line. The Rams, Washington, Giants, Cincy. Philadelphia's better. I know they're dealing with some injuries, but they have a better offensive line than any of those, those teams. Philly is first in pass yards per play on offense, but they still run the ball plenty. Dallas has to respect both. They can't hone in on one or the other. We know the Rams aren't running the ball, so they can just play the pass there. Dallas's offense, 23rd in yard per play, 29th on third downs. Two of their three touchdown drives last week were three plays long. They had, they had a couple of big plays, um, so but they're not sustaining drives, and I think you need that against Philly. Philly's defense, third in yards per play, first in pass yards per play. If Dallas falls behind, I don't think Cooper Rush will be able to rally back and, and, and cover this number. And then you look at, are the Eagles better than what we thought the Rams were last week when they were minus five? Of course they are. So I think the value here is the Eagles. Um, my lean is them minus five, maybe because it's a division game, we get a little bit better number, so I'm waiting on it right now, but I'm going to be on the Eagles side. Okay, very, very good. As always, uh, we will have our live show, Early Edge Live, Sunday night, 7.30 Eastern. We'll have all the best bets, the props, the VJM, the donkeys, the gooses. We'll have it all for this game, and we could not be more excited about it. Real quickly, chat question, Mikey, because we haven't actually talked about this in a while. Mike, what is your live betting strategy? It's so important. I'd love for you to take maybe 30 or 40 seconds. Yeah, so what I'm looking for early in games is just overreactions, you know, big plays, big penalties, things like that. Uh, you, you typically can catch things on totals uh, where the market moves incorrectly, in my opinion, a lot of times. Uh, other things we're looking for is just full rhythm of the game stuff, uh, watching utiliz utilization of certain key players, um, things like that, watching some of the offensive line, defensive line matchups if you're finding spots where players are consistently, you know, getting beat up there. But what I'm typically doing when I'm live betting, uh, again, if it's not an overreaction to a total, um, I, I'm mostly betting on second and third downs when you're having second and 10, second and 12, third down, under the assumption that defenses are getting stops in certain key spots. Um, so I'm, I'm betting a lot of that, and I'm betting a lot of exact drive results as well. Uh, so 
like for example, the London game last week in with the Giants, uh, I bet them to have a punt on their first two drives. Uh, very kind of straightforward stuff like that. I, I do a lot of that kind of stuff. But you have to be watching the game to do it. Do not live bet if you're not watching the game. Please, please. One more game, gentlemen. And we talked about the Seahawks and how many points they have been giving up. It is a red flag because I know it was a couple of weeks ago. But the Broncos could not figure out that Seahawks offense. They just couldn't do it. But now we're seeing the Seahawks defense is not that good. So the Broncos offense, clearly not that good. And Russell Wilson, he continues to put out on Twitter, yes, we all love Jesus. We all love God. Let's focus on this football game right now, okay? Because he is persona non grata in Denver. Luckily, this game's at SoFi. Chargers laying five, total 45 and a half. Now, L.A. went on the road last week, scored 30, and beat Cleveland. Mikey, let me start with you because people may be surprised at which side you're on, but please explain that. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Broncos here. Uh, I, I like them in this spot. I honestly think this game should still be closer to a field goal. Uh, I'm not ready to say that the Broncos are as bad as people think they are because defensively they're good. Uh, they're they're a good team defensively. They've still got a number of weapons offensively that can do things. And this Chargers team, uh, they're banged up. They've made a lot of bad decisions. They haven't been great at, uh, at finishing football games here. So in, in this primetime situation, Coming off a bad situation for the Broncos here. They're getting a few bodies back uh, defensively here. That'll help. Look, I, I like them here at five. Again, I, I could – my number here is three and a half. I think it should be closer to three personally. Uh, I think it's kind of a gift getting this number at five in what should be a very competitive, competitive divisional game, and, and we're betting on the team with the better defense by a mile. And, RJ, the fact that the Chiefs are playing well and winning football games for the Broncos – it almost feels like the season is on the line. For the Chargers, they think they're going to have a deep run into the playoffs. So for both sides, this is a, an extremely important game. What do you make of the number or the total at 45 and a half? Well, I'm going to have a best bet in this game. It's not the spread. You know, I'm actually on the other side of the spread as Mikey. I would lean Chargers minus five. Denver's defense is good, particularly against the pass. But the Chargers found their run game last week, finally. Um, Staley does questionable things, um, as a coach and that, that might, you know, limit the upside of, of, of you know, there well, actually it gives him a lower floor, you know, than they would have otherwise. He's definitely a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett and what they're doing over on Denver though. I think everybody would agree that, that Justin Herbert has not seen limited by his injury the last few weeks. And I think he has a major quarterback edge in this game against Russell Wilson, who has been terrible. He's playing through a partially torn lat. That's going to continue to affect him. He's not expected to be hundred percent. Um, I don't care that they said he looked good at practice today. It doesn't matter how he looks in practice um, that that injury is not going to heal for a little bit and I don't expect him to play well while that injury is affecting him the Denver offense also lost left tackle Garrett Bowles that's a big loss for them they lost Ronald Darby on the defensive side in the Indy loss so they're dealing with injuries on their side too their Denver offense has been 18th in yards per play but terrible on third down 30th terrible in the red zone 32nd we, we saw that early in the year um, I think this Chargers team is much better right now has the much better quarterback and has a better coaching staff my lean would be to the to Chargers minus five, but those issues with Russell Wilson and that offense, my best bet is under 45 and a half. I want to get this number. These primetime games have been going under typically, and I just don't think the Broncos are going to score many points in this game. So I like getting it at under 45 and a half. Yeah, it's definitely been a primetime under trend type of season uh, other than last night. But last night, even the live total was in danger at 53 and a half, 54 uh, until late, late in that game. 
All right, time for our recap presented by our good friends at Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. And Mikey, I would love for you to start us off first with our recap and your best bets. All right. Uh, we're going to start with the 49ers. Uh, look, it's an East Coast game, but important to note, they did not travel back to the West Coast for this spot. I love them here. I think they're the better team in every way. I think they're going to lean on that defense uh, once they get the lead here. I don't expect Atlanta to be able to come back in this one. So I like it. I make this game up over seven. Uh, second play going to be in primetime here, going with the primetime divisional dog. Russell Wilson and the offense. Uh, let's go Broncos plus five. I, I still like the weapons that they have offensively uh, with the two receivers in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Love this spot for him. And then finally, the Cleveland Browns against the Patriots here. The Patriots put up a big result, a 29-point blowout over the Lions. Really bad spot the Lions were in for that game. Not sure that I believe in this Patriots team in this particular spot. I'm back in the Browns at home behind a big day from Nick Chubb. Very good. RJ, talk to me. I have the Seahawks plus three at home against Arizona. I'm getting the home team. I'm getting the team with a better quarterback. I'm getting the team with a better coaching staff. I'm getting a team that might be better overall. So I don't know why this line is at plus three. Love having the Seahawks here at the three. I'm taking the Chiefs plus three. I'm not going to go to the extent to say the Chiefs are better than the Bills. We've all seen how good the Bills can be, but the Chiefs are right there at number two in my power ratings. And I think at home they can't be catching points unless the Bills are the 07 Pats. And we've seen some matchups like against the Ravens and Dolphins where the Bills do not look you know, unstoppable. So I think plus three is a very good value to get the Chiefs at here. That's the, it just, it seems like they should be pick them at worst to me. I also have the Broncos Chargers under 45 and a half. Unlike Mikey, I do not believe in this Denver offense, especially with Russell Wilson playing through an injury. And um, I don't know that they score many points in this game. Primetime games have been typically going under, and this just seems like a good spot to fade a Denver offense that looked terrible last Thursday night. So give me Denver and, and LA under 45 and a half points. And that is our best bets. Don't forget, we're here every single day at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We have Early Edge in 5 at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, almost every single day, some type of special show on Wednesday. It's A.B. and the boys with our college football mega preview at 3 p.m. Eastern time. But for here and now, it's all the damage we can do. This is the best mega preview show in America, and it's not close. It's about educating and entertaining. And now there's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. M squared, the stoic one, RJ White, Jake the Snake on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. It doesn't matter the day, the time, the sport. We're here for you. We grind for you at the early edge. Good luck. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.